We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Wilson. Tonight, I have a guest who I am super excited to have with me today. This is one of my good, good friends, my buddy, Nick Izzo. Nick, how you What's doing, up, buddy? Man? Glad to I'm, ha- uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm pumped. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, I, I originally was going to start the podcast with Nick because this whole scheme was his idea. So, uh, Nick, if you'd like to, first you can introduce yourself a little bit and then kind of talk about how you poked and prodded me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, no doubt. I, uh, yeah, so Nick Izzo, for those of you guys listening, I'm, uh, I'm originally from uh, the same town um, as Bobby. We went, we went to high school together, so kind of from the Chicagoland area, born and raised. Um, my background's actually more in uh, basketball, to be honest with you, but some of the stuff I think that we're going to touch on today that we've already talked about, obviously, but um, very, very relevant to college athletics right now. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I live out in Myrtle Beach now. I've been out here for like seven years. It's phenomenal. We got Coastal right in the backyard. I know you just had uh, one of their coaches on the other day, so that's uh it's it's pretty awesome i can't no complaints out here but yeah i'm out in myrtle beach now and uh i work in digital marketing for a living so i know um nowadays that's starting to be more of like a hot button topic in college football a lot of teams are hiring like social media coordinators and things like that with some of the rule changes so um i've been keeping a keeping an eye on that but yeah just uh you know working uh, like i said digital marketing and i coach high school basketball still so um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, you and me, man, we were, uh, well, the thing that's funny is I've always known you were like a huge college basketball or college football fan. Like we've talked college football, it feels like a zillion times, like ever, uh, even like back in high school. And, you know, I, uh, I, I know how badly you wanted to go to all the stadiums. I remember actually way back, we used to talk about like, all of the SEC schools. That was like always something right. that you and me always talked about. Um, yeah, yeah. Was like all the SEC schools. We've actually been for people listening. You and I have been to a few games together out and about. Um, we went to where did we go? Where we? Oh, North University of North, yeah, Carolina. North Carolina. That yeah. was awesome. We saw that was like Trubisky's final season. Yes, right? yes. When it we was. went to that. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah. That that's uh, that's phenomenal. He uh, he looked much better than he did with the Bears, <laughs> <I think that's laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I think uh, he looked much better, but yeah, man, I just I always know you've always had a passion for it, and I just I remember like now it's just nowadays like I remember just kind of telling you like this is like it's easy, you know what I'm saying? Like you can you can whatever you're passionate about, like you are able to do it. You know, I have a podcast myself, and like I just. Like, I just think whenever you find someone that's as passionate about something as you are college football, I'm like, oh, that dude should be talking about that, like, as much as he can. 
And so, yeah, man, I just, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to be kind of a, I feel like I'm a part of the journey right now, you know, with you kind of going, uh, you know, going after this lifelong goal. So it's just exciting, man. Right, man. And I, and I appreciate you for, for, uh, for keep, for keeping on me to do this. It's been, it's been a lot of fun these past couple months doing this and everything. Like the, the Twitter page I started, in the summer and broke down all 130 programs and the podcast has kind of taken off pretty well in the past month and a half or so. So it's just been so much fun, man. Oh, I bet. It's, uh, it's awesome, man. I enjoy listening to it. Uh, like I said, I was pumped when you had the, the guy from Coastal on because they're, I mean, I feel like they're talk of the town, obviously here, but I feel like kind of nationwide. I mean, Absolutely. the are, are uh, a serious serious powerhouse it's starting to feel like to be honest with you i mean I'm, and i am sincere when i say that like they are they remind me of those boise state teams mm-hmm. of uh you know that's probably i mean at this point dude that's probably what 15 years ago but right they remind me of that same sort of pop to them like they have that same sort of feel to them where you just can't eh, i don't know anyone who roots against them right like there they right. just had what the the biggest game espn twos had in how at some ridiculous amount of time, two, maybe two ever, years, yeah. I think, or something in like the that. past two years, yep. Yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, incredible, right? Like, unbelievable. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, I, I love what you're doing. This is uh, this is great. I appreciate that, man. We will get back to Coastal, obviously, with you being right in their backyard. But, but I first got to ask, if you remember the, uh, well, first off, the reason you couldn't be on the show uh, for the first episode, uh, you, you were you got married recently, so con- congratulations on that, brother. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. That was a good night. You were there. Uh, you were there with us. That was a good. Yeah, it was. Time. It was a good night. We had a lot of fun. And the the other the other interesting fact about that this is kind of a side note is your wife went to Eastern Illinois and yes. yep. South Carolina played eastern illinois for the very first game of the season that's right so i i'm i'm just wondering if there was a friendly wager with anybody that she knew like at work or something oh <laughs> uh, you know i uh i i think my wife has done a good job over the years of being uh of of I guess uh, letting people know that she is not the largest sports fan in the world. <laughs> she, uh, she. So I don't think anyone is proposing any of these bets to her. And I think if she brings one up to them, I think they kind of know something's up. They might be getting <laughs> hustled a little bit. But, uh, but, man, but I'll tell you what, though. Anytime Eastern's able to get any sort of uh, any even slight amount of recognition, even if they're just playing a big school, I love it, man. It's a great, uh, it's a great place. And as far as a football school. You and I went to the spring game down yep, there uh, yep. one year. It is, I mean, they have produced some serious football players. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, anytime I see them, it's phenomenal. But yeah, she uh, luckily, <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think we uh, lost too much money that, on that, any wages. That's good. So. That's good. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember that spring game. We got to see Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was there at the time. Um, they were great. Yes. They were great at that time. When, I remember when they brought him in, this is kind of a funny story, they moved, uh, their coach moved in. Um, they had hired him, like, at the midway point, like that January period, and he actually moved in to the duplex that was connected to my wife, now wife, then girlfriend's uh, duplex that she lived in with her roommates. So literally shared a wall, Dino Babers, <laughs> phenomenal that coach. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> 
great guy. But he, uh, yeah, I remember uh, I was actually there the day he was moving in, and phenomenally, in typical college football coach fashion, he came uh, walking up the driveway with the last two items from his car, and I kid you not, in the one hand, he had a college football, and in the other hand, he had a case of Coors Light. And uh, he came in. He came and talked to us, and he was just the best man, like the best guy ever. And he was always really cool, like when he lived there. And it was fun. It was fun to watch those teams back then. The offense that he brought in, he just let Jimmy G sling that thing like all over the field. It was awesome. It was super fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember that. That, that those were really good teams. And and obviously Dino has turned that into something really good now. Moving on to it was Bowling Green at first, but now Syracuse, yep. obviously. Yep. But uh, let's let's get let's get back to. Uh, do you remember the that now the weekend where this all happened? My we had uh, my brother's bachelor party, so uh, it might be it might be a little fuzzy maybe, but but uh, we I remember my brother asking me, or we were just sitting there watching all kinds of games. Uh, we had I think we had like three we had like a two TVs going and a computer or something or other. And uh, I remember just being like, hey, I want to go to all the SEC stadiums, kind of like what you brought up a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, then my brother's like, just go to all of them, all, every stadium. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that conversation at all? Oh, I do. I remember. See, the thing is, is I don't, I don't know if I remember it exactly or if it's one of those false memories, because one thing I do know about your brother is he's a, he's a man of extremes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <He> <laughs> If you say you're going to go to all the SEC stadiums, I am certain that the only response I can remember him saying was, you should just go to all. Yes. Which I, which, which I, I do remember it. That was, a, that was a, a, a great weekend, so it's a little fuzzy. But I do, like I said, that could just be something he would normally say. But I do think uh, I do remember that conversation uh, fairly well. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, what can I say? Look at you know. You some could say he's propelled uh, he's propelled this journey along a little bit with his extremism. So I'm right. <laughs> you know I think it's a good thing. You are absolutely correct with that comment. That is for sure. That is uh, Chris Wilson <laughs> in a nutshell. But let's get back to talking coastal a little bit. I know like, uh, we've obvi- every time I come down there, we go to the stadium and we could walk around the campus and everything. It's just an amazing place and. Uh, I kind of told the story of how I became a Coastal fan in the last episode, how the first time I came to your house like seven years ago to Myrtle Beach, I was like just at the mall and I'm like, I see this shirt and I'm like, holy crap, that's the coolest color I've ever seen. And it just kind of, oh yeah, it, I bought the shirt and then you're like, hey, the, the, their football field's that color. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so it, And it just kind of went from there. But obviously with you being just down the street from that, from them, uh, it, it has to be pretty amazing for that area. It is. It's been really cool to watch because I'm lucky enough that one of the, like I said, uh, I do digital marketing. One of the clients that I have is a coastal grad. And um, I also am lucky enough to coach with him at the high school as well. And so from being down here for seven years and working with him and some of the other guys that we coach with, um, there's a lot of alumni down here. And it's really been cool to hear them talk about it uh, because they can remember even as early as, I want to say like 2000, let's say like 2005. I mean, 
it's what, 15, 16 years ago, you're talking about a school that like really had nothing that's there right now. I mean, this was a very small university. They didn't have the uh, basketball arena that they have now. They just were sort of in like a, a much smaller gym. If I'm being totally honest, I mean, like a Division two, Division three size gym. Um, and to see how excited they are for Coastal has made it kind of even more exciting to watch. Just because of like how much has clearly been built there and how quickly it's been built, to be honest. I mean, I'm talking about like a 15-year time span. Right, right. Um, when I moved down here, they were still like uh, FCS-level yep, yep. type of team. And so to see them now, just in this short period of time, in the last seven years, not only go from that level to, you know, now you're FBS, now you're playing against the biggest best schools in the country, right? They just knock off Kansas. I mean, we're talking about the Big 12 here. Mm-hmm. And to see them be able to not only come into that level, but now be dominant is pretty awesome. So it's been super cool. There's just so much of a buzz around them. And it's funny because, to be honest, like coming down here, I kind of always felt like, and you and I have talked about this a bunch, like how are they not winning all the time? Right, like, right. This is an incredible place to recruit. And so to see to see this coaching staff be able to do what they've done is just so cool. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here for this one. Are they the best team in the state of South Carolina? Oh, in my opinion, I will say, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's roll it out I, there. I want to see them. I, I agree. Think they would, I agree. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think they'd smoke the University of South Carolina. Yep. I actually don't think that is as close of a game. Clemson's a tough one, right? Right. But right. I think they could squeak by them, too, definitely at this point. And I think a lot of that has to do with being a smaller school, a little more continuity, right? Not a lot of, like, redshirt sophomores and juniors going to the NFL, right, from Coastal right. yet. I think that's coming. It, it's but coming, I just right, think, right. You know, the, the volume isn't there. And so they have all this continuity, continuity with the coaching staff. I think, in especially in college sports, like, that is incredibly important. I think they mm-hmm. would uh, give both those teams a tough time. But, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll go with the Shans, you know. I'm... Um. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would stake a bet on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I. I. I agree with you. I. I'm sold. I am completely sold. I think everybody who's listened to this, listened to the podcast to this point, knows where where my allegiance and my mind is for for that. And uh, definitely, definitely agree with you. But what a state, right? I mean, think about the schools we're talking about. I mean, this is this is three teams. Oh, absolutely. And I understand people are going to feel the way they're going to feel about the University of South Carolina, right? Because, you know, to be quite honest, since Steve Spurrier left, things have been a little bit, uh, you know, they haven't been exactly what the fans want, at least would be the way I could word it. Because I know some diehard, bleed, like, South Carolina, uh, garnet and black, right, type Mm -hmm. people down here. And, uh, you know, I think they have higher expectations, but... I think they've got a, you know, they've got Luke Doty, former Myrtle Beach High School quarterback, in there now. That kid's a stud. Yep. And yep. Uh, you know, we'll see what they got here as we move forward. But overall, I'll be honest: to have them as basically the third best team in the state, then you have, I mean, obviously, you know, Clemson is who they are. I mean, right. At the end of the day, right? It's the undisput- undisputable. And then Coastal now. I mean, this is a serious, serious football state. How oh, often do you have a, a state, you know, with two of the top ten teams in the country? Absolutely. Pretty, 
Um, like, I would say unanimously at this point, basically, right? Right. Um, well, I, I just think it's a special time right now for football in the state. Absolutely. I mean, I think we can look at the state that uh, where you're from, where I live now. You look at Illinois, and there's Northwestern, Illinois, and NIU are the, the big three. And it's like, that's not even close to what the state of South Carolina has. Yep, absolutely. I know. And it's like, imagine if it did. Like, right. imagine if if those three teams were top 25 teams, you know, or like consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least consistently able to be, right? That's, they, it, would, it would feel incredible. It would have been amazing growing up. So, no, I think it's great. I mean, this has always been a football state. I've known that since I've moved here. One of the biggest differences right, from a state right. like Illinois, right, that I've noticed is uh, when I got down here, the high school football is great. It's a huge focus down here. Uh, but, yeah, overall, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. It's cool to be here at this time because in college sports, you never know how long it's going to last, right? Absolutely. Ain't that the truth? I know. Who? who what was the team I just texted you about the other day? Oh, Florida State. Yeah. How they, you know what I'm saying? Like, you really never know how long this can last at this level. Florida State won the national championship not that long ago. Right. And then Jimbo left him out to dry. But. <laughs> and and there you go, you know, right? right? The next right. thing you know, they're out here losing on ESPN to Jacksonville State. Not trying to knock Jacksonville State, by the way, but... But, yes, no, you're exactly right. Obviously, I mean, uh, they were outmatched, and Florida State loses them, and it's like, you know, I have nothing against Florida State, but just an example of how quick things can turn. So, absolutely. while it's going on here in the state, you know, it's fun. I'm enjoying it, you know. I think uh, so, are the, uh, so are all those coastal alumni. Right, right. Well, let's, let's spend the rest of uh, the episode talking about something that I know we're both very interested in, and... I love. I would love to hear your perspective on this from the media uh, media side of things, where where you spend most of your time in uh, N- NIL, the name, in- image, and likeness. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, it's, um, what, it's, what are your thoughts on it to begin? It's. I'm extremely excited about it, and I think it is one of these things where, for a long time. There has been a very large group of people who have been wanting college athletes to be able to be paid, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that for a long time, there, uh, the let's say the people on the other side of that argument, I think for a long time took the stance of, well, they're getting the free education, and so I don't think that the NCAA or the school should be paying them, right? Mm-hmm. And while I disagree. That was kind of always what I felt like was the main argument against it, right? Was they felt like, you know, the money would have to come from the NCAA or the schools, right? So I think that the best step to take was always to find like a common ground, right? right? right. Where these players could still be able to make some money. And maybe it wasn't necessarily coming from the school or, right? You could find a common ground and then you could work from there. I think that's a good way to be able to move things along. And I just think that this particular rule is a rule that has been able to do that. I think it's been able to be a win for everyone across the board. And I think it is phenomenal. I think that um, it, it was the bet, like it's, it's the best thing to happen to college athletes possibly ever. Right. I mean, for right. being Absolutely. honest. And I understand like things like Title IX, right? I understand. But from strictly like 
for the athletes in, I guess, the, the contemporary college sports environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's probably the best thing that's ever happened. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I mean, I coached college basketball for a long time. Obviously, you've, you coach, yep. you coach basketball, you've been around college basketball. Um, and we went to smaller schools, but I, I think it's very safe to say that, I mean, we knew, we knew who to go see if we wanted, if we needed something. For sure. Even, for sure. even at the small level. So it's just, sure. so it's just like, why, why is it such a big deal <laughs> for, yeah. for, for these college athletes to get an endorsement from somebody or, or. I, I mean, I, I understand that the money shouldn't I, – I, I was always on the side that the money shouldn't come from the institution or the NCAA because I, I always felt like there would be a corrupt side to that aspect because I think we can both agree mm-hmm. that the NCAA is about as corrupt as it gets. For sure. But, but I think some of the institutions obviously make a lot more money than others, so I think the money could be skewed at that point. That's why I, I think what has been what has been done here with uh, the endorsement aspect of this is is huge because it's basically up to the players now. Oh, for sure, it's it's been put in their hands in a way that's very exciting because. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a situation that all of them can take advantage of, and I want I like I guess the best example that I can give, right? I feel like I'm gonna give like this is like a little bit of me trying to give away like some free game here, right? To these college athletes, we'll uh, hopefully hopefully a few of them uh, take this advice, right? So you and I went to a smaller school. Here is my sort of uh, thought process on one of the mechanisms that is really exciting, right, for a lot of these athletes. I think that people get caught up in the idea that, like, who's there, one of these teams has a quarterback who's making, like, $1.5 million this year on various endorsements. But it's like, if you go to Ohio State or Notre Dame or somewhere like that, okay, right? I understand that's going to happen. But you and I are talking about places like Coastal. We're talking about places like Eastern. You know, uh, even even some of these D2s, right, like a Grand Valley State, for example, right? Yep, yep. These types of places, I think people think maybe that the money isn't necessarily um, going to be there for these kids. But now with this new rule, one of the things that these kids are allowed to do is camps. They're allowed to go run camps where they can market themselves as the reason you should come to the camp. Right. And I think that right there is incredibly valuable to any college athlete in to be honest, in the entire country right now. And the reason that I say that is, this is in the industry I work in, right? Digital advertising, I work with the Youth Academy, right? Mm -hmm. And with that Youth Academy, it's a ton of camps, right? It's a ton of clinics. And you and I had done these in the past um, where we would run a camp, right? Like a basketball camp. Right, right. Um, And to be honest, you've seen that process. It's not that hard. No, not at all. It's really not. (laughs) And so... You know, when you break down the math and you look at it, a lot of these colleges, especially even if you're at somewhere, you know, like Eastern Illinois, for example, there are a ton of high schools within an hour of Eastern Illinois University where you could go to that high school and do a camp as the defensive backs from Eastern, 
Right. You can take three or four of you guys and go down there and run a camp, and all you need to be able to do is obviously do what you are supposed to do, right? Make sure everything's legal and taken care of. Get your insurance, right? Yeah. Maybe form an LLC. These are things that are not that hard to do. You can find them. Uh, you can find ways to do them if you have the, you know, if you're able to go on Google and look up. It's easy enough to do. But once you have that established, you now have control, and you now are able to call schools set up camps, rent the field from them if you need to for a couple hundred bucks. And through the power of digital marketing, these kids can advertise a camp and use themselves as the reason you should come to the camp. Absolutely. And that is an aspect, right, of the NIL that I think has been overlooked so far. And my hope is that some of these kids will start to uh, take advantage of that, right? Because now you're at a point where if you can use your own image and likeness and make money, which they always should have been able to do, by the way. Absolutely. You can now use that ability and that influence to go and you can train kids as a business. You can go run these camps as a business. And to be honest, for a ton of these players, you're doing what you love to do anyway. And you're able to make money from it. And you're able to leverage social media and the team that you play for and all these things. As uh, you know, it's it's a win-win, right, for everyone involved. And that is one of the mechanisms that I think the NIL has allowed for that really from top to bottom, no matter the size of the school, is available to all of these kids. And it's, it's really cool to see. I also think through that, they're learning a lot of business skills that I think are very valuable for them after their uh, football career. They're able to apply them now and see the rewards from being able you know, to go and market a camp and put a little cash in your pocket. And I think that is, uh, is just an incredible thing that these kids are now able to do. I think that's a great point. You you bringing up the business aspect of it and them learning off of it. I mean, I, let let I mean, let's be honest. Like you go to college to learn these tools and everything, and there's nothing better than learning a a useful tool than doing it yourself and getting that firsthand yep. experience. Um, yep, a hundred percent. I wonder now. Here's the thing: is I wonder how quickly these schools will move on that front, right? And and uh, I see a lot of positions for, like, social media managers coming out right. for all these, these schools, and, like, they're trying to get these kids brand deals. But I think the practical business building aspect that they now have is uh, wildly important, you know? If I was coaching right now, and you can be at any school, by the way. I'm talking about this. Uh, I'm talking about a Division three school in the middle of nowhere. It's fine you know, to be able to do this. But I'm curious to see which coaches are going to go to the business department at their schools and find someone qualified to come in and speak to their kids about these types of things. I'm curious to see which coaches now will start to push their players into some of these um, classes because I think that's going to be the way moving forward to find a coaching staff that really cares. Mm Mm-hmm is a coaching staff that's able to help connect their players because we can't all be Nick Saban at Alabama, right? Right. Like at the end of the day, and I'm not saying Nick's doing this, but let's be honest. We can't all call up the 12 car dealerships in Tuscaloosa and get all the starting defense commercials and ads and dollars in their pocket, right? Right. Can't, you know, everybody can't do that, but all of these kids can use, can, uh, sell like an online 
training program, right, to the uh, fans of these schools. I mean, all of this stuff is able to be done now through digital marketing. You can target fans of these football teams, right? If you're at Coastal, you can go find Coastal alumni and target them to have their kids come to your camp, right? There's just so much they can do with it. It's just, like, very exciting. Um, But I think that these schools and these coaching staffs could – put someone in a position to help the players sort of navigate these things, I guess, is my point. So that's, I guess that's what I'm curious about is how quickly are some of the schools able to see that um, benefit, right? And not just go straight to the social media manager. Let's get this person that can get them some brand deals, you know, for a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Who's going to help these kids build a business that they're now able to build with their own image? I, I actually saw when this, when this whole thing started getting discussed, like, uh, uh, like late last year, in the fall of last year, I saw a couple of uh, Division One basketball programs. Uh, while I was looking for jobs myself at the time, I actually noticed that there were some jobs, and I don't remember the exact titles of these jobs, but they they were dealing with the NIL aspect of things. Like it was somebody that they were going to hire on staff. That was going to be like that branding person and like teach them the ropes and get uh, them yeah. through that. Um, yep. I don't remember the exact schools, but I just remember seeing a couple programs on the men's basketball side in particular that were hiring people for that. And I, and I think that's oh, going to yeah. I think that's going to be something like you brought up just now. I think that's going to be something that's going to be very very key moving forward. Absolutely, it'll be a it'll be a selling point you know, in, in recruiting and things like that. And obviously I think some of these schools that have these more renowned business schools, right? Um, somewhere like Stanford benefits a lot because now, I mean, they already have this business school that's world renowned. Right. And so they, they already have people from Stanford building these giant startup companies, right? It's already a culture of business. Yeah. And I think that will naturally bleed into this. And I think that for them that becomes an advantage, right? Right. But I think that trickles all the way down. I think any school, if you sort of regionally can have that same type of situation, I think that's awesome. Now, I don't know the exact rules. Like, I don't know how much they're able to speak to that to the kids um, when they're recruiting them. But regardless, if you're able to put yourself in a position where they have someone like that on staff, you're going to be in great shape. Right. Because they're going to teach you those skills. And like I said, I just think the sky's the limit for a lot of these kids, especially the ones who like don't realize how effective they will be in the type of businesses that I'm talking about. Absolutely. And I mean, we've, we've seen countless, um, countless athletes signing with a bunch of different things from creating their own uh, business, founding their own businesses and doing all kinds of stuff. I know De'Eric King and Mackenzie Milton co-founded a, basically a brand for this. And that's up Miami and Florida state, they're rivals, but it's like this business is business. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what your rival, who your rivals are when it comes yep. to a business aspect, when you're trying to make money. Now, <clears throat> One of them, and I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Okay, and when I do every every episode of my podcast, I always drink a drink Dr Pepper. You know how much I love Dr Pepper. Oh yeah. So uh, DJ Uga Ungale, I hope I hope that's how you pronounce that from Clemson. Oh, that sounds right to me. I think that was spot on. <laughs> that was really good. I, I uh, <laughs> Dr Pepper, if you're listening, you will never get me cheaper. 
Yeah, there we go. I like it. Dr. Pepper. Hey, let's make this happen. Let's go. But I digress. I mean, it, oh, I love j- it. Just uh, like one of the one of the simple things that I saw, uh, Hank Backmeyer, the quarterback at Boise State, was paid three hundred dollars to go to a kid's birthday party and just like play football with the kids in just the in the backyard yeah. and just like hang out. He made three hundred dollars for that, and that's legal now. Whereas yep. like last year, he couldn't have done that legally. <laughs> yes, right, right. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's so many opportunities, and it's it. The sky is literally the gun. When you're talking about Eagles, their image and their likeness and their personal brand to, you know, make some money. And it's stuff like that. There's always going to be stuff like that. Because there's always going to be somebody that loves that school at the end of the day. They want to be able to meet the players. They want to do business with the players. And at the end of the day, I don't think those people really care who the player is. I think they just want to be, uh, they want to have access to these programs that they love. And so I, I just think across the board, like you can be a star on the team. You can never play. Like right. you can be one of these guys that doesn't play a whole lot. But at the end of the day, like if you can figure out how to leverage the brand of, quite honestly, the program that you play for, sky's the limit. Right. So. Well, that's like that's awesome. That's like Michigan State uh, football and basketball signed a deal. I believe it was with a mortgage company where the the oh, guy wow. the guy who runs the company is a Michigan State grad, hmm. but he is paying every single football and men's basketball player five hundred dollars a month. Yep. To yep be the brand ambassador. And this is what I always thought was going to be the interesting part. And I kind of, to be honest, I kind of love it selfishly just to watch it play out because I'm, I feel like I'm kind of saying this, like hoping one of these players hears this and like feels empowered, you know, somebody at, at some school that thinks like, I don't know. And they go make up camp business out of this. But to be honest, as a fan, what I'm super excited about is watching these multi, multi millionaire alumni of these schools figure out ways to use this rule mm-hmm. to to be able to pay players in a way that is legal obviously mm-hmm. but i mean at the end of the day like it's probably going to create a bidding war which i'm kind of excited about absolutely once again i feel like everyone wins anyway but i am very excited because it's stuff like that right now it now why can't I'll use the same example. Why can't the largest car dealership in Tuscaloosa pay the quarterback a million dollars every year? That's just a known thing. Right. Starting quarterback is a million dollar endorsement deal to do this much advertising for them. That's just how they do it. Right. They always have the Alabama quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Like this exists in professional sports. There are certain businesses that have partnerships with the Chicago Bulls or the Chicago Cubs, and they're kind of always working with a certain amount of players. They're always, whoever the best player on the Cubs is, is always going to be the guy advertising for this. You know? Right, right. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to start to happen too. And now that there's a transparency to it, I'm all for it. Like, let's see. Let's see, like, what we can do, you know? I am all for it. Oh, um, 100%. But that also brings in this aspect of, like, that is the brand ambassadors, this sort of, like, digital, you know, um, 
the avenue that a lot of these kids have. If you have a social media following, a large social media following, and a lot of these kids do, I've seen a lot of volleyball players that have like massive accounts. I was just reading an article the other day about that, how like there's like volleyball players, men and women soccer players um, that have these massive social media followings. And uh, they're just able to leverage them because I think what a lot of people don't realize is how much money you can make off of you know, a thousand impressions. Right. Or, uh, you know, if you have a thousand followers and you tweet four or five times a day, like how much money these kids can actually tangibly make. I mean, simply put, like for a thousand followers on, let's say, TikTok, right? You're going to be around four or five dollars like every time you post realistically speaking like you're going to be able to be in that world and all these platforms have monetization tools now where for these kids like it's just going to be an option for them as long as these platforms exist they don't want them to lean too heavily into that but dude like the money is there it's crazy some of these kids that have these these followings it's just the money is pouring in i saw these two twin Basketball playing yeah. girls from Fresno State. Yep. ESPN wrote an article yep. that said they will likely make upwards of five hundred thousand dollars next year each, mm-hmm. just because of like their TikTok following. Right, and it's like, you know, feel the way you want to feel about TikTok, but I mean, at the end of the day, why was that ever prevented in the first place? Exactly. The first, the first thing I thought about when this whole thing came about was. The old uh, Southwest Conference and uh, SMU and the death penalty they got. <laughs> yep. Like we we all we all know. Like it it it's pretty common knowledge, and I mean everybody saw. I mean most people saw that thirty for thirty, but it's pretty common knowledge that like all these big boosters at all these schools just basically just want to just gamble against their buddies and be like, yes, my school is better than your school, my school is better than this school, blah blah, blah and all this and that. Yep. And it's like, this has happened for years and years and years. So now the fact that they can just be like, like in the example you used with Alabama, just go to the quarterback and be like, hey, I want you to be my guy. Here's a million dollars. When right. when we pretty much know it's already been happening to begin, maybe not that high of a dollar amount, but like we know that this stuff has been happening for years and years and years. It's like, just right. let it happen, for goodness sake. For sure. I mean, it's been uh, such like an open secret for such a long time. And, you know, now, to be honest, like at the end of the day, this is it's still merit based. You know, at the end of the day now, it's just legal. Like if you're one of the better players, the bigger schools are going to, you know, have people in place that can help you make more money and they're going to kind of be competing with each other in that world right but by the same token anyone that wants to go and you know make the effort to market themselves through some of these camps try to grow a social media following if you're able to you will also win you know and that's that's pretty awesome that it's created this sort of like transparency to everything and you know in a lot of ways it's a level playing field like, if you want to go try to make something happen, you can make it happen. Absolutely. And uh, that's that's pretty awesome because I agree with you. One of the first guys I thought about was, like, Reggie Bush. Oh, yes. I mean, it's like, we. what are we talking about here? He took his Heisman away? Like, what are we talking about? Like, he didn't take any steroids. He didn't do anything that was making him better than all the other players. <laughs> like, right. If you took away his Heisman, like, he could have played anywhere. 
he's probably winning that Heisman. Like, are you kidding me? Like, so at the end of the day, he's the one that I thought about. I mean, they try to make Johnny Manziel sound like he was a criminal for signing autographs. Right. Like, what are we talking about? Like, the kid's signing a picture of his own face. Right. Like, how is that a – like, what are we talking about? So, overall, to get rid of all of that nonsense is just a great thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to be stopping these kids from – doing stuff and it's funny but we used to have to worry about that like like i said when uh we would do some of these camps we can't have we can't use anyone working the camp as like a way to promote the camp you know it's not like if like a college kid is working it but he plays on a college team i think the way the rules used to be it was like you could work at the camp but they couldn't promote you at all Mm -hmm. like you could just get paid to like work the camp basically but like they couldn't it would almost have to be like a surprise that you were there and it just always seemed wrong because it's like well these kids if they knew they would love to show up because this person is here i don't know why it would need to be a secret but at the end of the day i mean i'll let people fill in the gaps there but i think we kind of all know why it wasn't allowed for so long but Man, it's super exciting that it's not anymore. And we get college football, uh, what will it be? College football, EA Sports College Football 22, I think I saw. Yep, yep. We'll get We'll get that back. And- I, I'm going to be buying a video game system for the first time since I was a teenager because of that. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait for it. <laughs> it is going to be incredible. And it's such a, I mean, that's another way, right, where their images will get used and they can make a little bit of money, I think is my understanding on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all get that back. I mean, that's a huge game at the end of the day. The amount of money that that game is going to make is going to be insane. Oh, and like when, just when, when I was a child, that was what I asked for for every birthday. My birthday is the end of August, so it was always right mm-hmm. when the college mm-hmm. football season was starting. And every birthday, I, I, I always ask my grandma, I'm like, I just want the EA Sports college football video game. And that's what I got. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, college football 13, NCAA football 13 is the best video game I've ever played in my life. 100%. Most fun I had playing any video game ever was playing that game. 100%. And so it's pretty awesome. Like, I think, uh, you know, just to be able to bring that back and have that element, once again, as I keep saying, who loses? No one. No one. We get college football video games back. The kids get paid a little bit of money. No one loses there. So pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, man, I just think this is awesome to see. And in a weird way, I guess if I'm going to be at all, I don't know if it's controversial, but I actually think this is going to save college sports a little bit. Yes. I I think college sports was going to continue to get pillaged Mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, these other options right? right on the basketball side we were seeing it constantly right kids right. were like i'm just gonna go play overseas or i'm gonna go to the g league right but i think football was eventually going to go that direction as well it would only make sense that they would eventually start to go that direction mm-hmm. but now i think this helps college athletics a lot 100 percent. and uh it would be kind of interesting if that's the way this shook out. Is it actually was better for college sports that this was happening because now more kids want to go play college sports? 
And, you know, I hope that's what happens. But either way, I do think at the end of the day that will be the case. I think college sports might have been heading a weird direction prior to this, and this helped. What what an idea that the whole fight that the NCAA was trying to fight against is what saves them. Yeah, I know. it's uh, It was right in front of their face. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, if that's the benefit, then, I mean, do they kind of look like idiots for not doing it sooner? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. But... I, for people that are college football fans like you and I are, it's great. I mean, I'm glad it saved them. I just will keep reminding people that I think it kind of might have helped uh, avoid uh, catastrophe. Absolutely. Down the line. Absolutely. But no, it's cool, man. It's a, it's a really exciting time for those kids. And I just think I just think it's awesome. I think it opens up so many possibilities. I don't even think we've seen the beginning of it yet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think as it continues to give players a voice, that will be interesting to watch. I'm very interested to see uh, this dynamic that will start to play out because these kids are so naturally able to use social media to like get a message out there. And I think if you're making a little bit of money, you feel like you have a little bit more of a voice now. I'll be curious to see how that manifests. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, I think that's good for everyone. You know, I think that makes a more healthy work environment, which is what these kids are doing when they're playing football. They're working. And Absolutely. you now don't have this coach like lording over the you know really the the ability of these kids to well to make any money i mean they really couldn't right right and so because of that you know i think these these coaches were sort of like kings in that way right it's like what they say goes right now i don't know man what do you say to the quarterback that's making a million and a half dollars a year like that's a good point. A lot of those coaches aren't making that that's a good point. so i don't know what you say to that guy I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, and how does that kid take that? Does he have more of a voice? Is that healthier? Probably. It, it definitely opens up a new can of worms, potentially. It, it does. It, and it, I, it could I, be good or bad, obviously. I'm excited to see it. I kind of hope it goes both ways. I hope the bad is more so, um, you know, the coaches that probably need to be called out get called out that's true yes the coaches that probably need some of uh you know maybe a little bit of a reality check maybe get one now Mm -hmm. because once again i don't know what you're telling your starting running back when he's making 400 grand you know through endorsements and he's pulling up to practice in the lamborghini that he's leasing and you know i don't i don't know you know but i'm okay with it right because at the end of the day the way the world is moving is you know, all these other kids are able to go make money. Absolutely. And so, why not the college athletes? Like, let's see how that shakes out. At the end of the day, like, in a weird way, the coaches and players become a little more like colleagues, don't they? Mm-hmm. Similar to the professional and level. Espe- and I'm okay with that at, that le- at the uh, college level. Absolutely. Especially with how much money these, these young men and women are making for their schools. Yes, 100%. 100%. Absolutely, man. Well, before we close the show, I know that there was something that you wanted to, to uh, discuss. So, uh. Oh, yeah. All right. So this I'm very excited about this. So I'm curious to get your take because we're here. We're on a, a college football podcast, right? I'm very curious to get your take on Urban Meyer to oh USC 
and the, the sort of, uh, I shouldn't say like rumors, like there's serious rumors, right? But certainly a lot of jokes. Yes. I've seen uh, some memes. I saw the uh, <laughs> meme of the USC Trojan mascot, and someone wrote Urban Meyer showing up to the Jaguars' Halloween party this year, <laughs> and uh, a picture of the USC Trojan mascot. But I'm just curious, um, you know, what you think about some of those rumblings uh, in that world? Well, uh I, I will try to be as unbiased about this as I possibly can. That's part of the reason I brought it up um, is also that. Something I talked about the very end of my last episode that I yep. did is uh, I do not like to give Urban Meyer the time of day to even speak about him. I think he is that bad of a person. Just yes. to his core. See, I'm with you, man. To his core, I think he is just an egotistical maniac and I think he he will do whatever it takes to paint himself in the best light that he possibly can I, I'm not taking away anything he has done as a football coach strictly coaching because he is one of the best to ever do it He, from a strictly coaching standpoint there's not many that can stack up to what he's done as a college football coach now, For sure. things that he has allowed to happen in his programs and things that have happened with some of the players he's had, um, some of the coaches that he's employed, that yep. that speaks differently to his ethical, um, how he's built as a person, which is, right. which is why, I, personally, if I was a big university like USC, I wouldn't touch him. Um that's just me personally. Again, I know I'm biased uh, just because I'm not a fan of his at all. But the reason I wouldn't touch him is just because I feel like, what's he going to do in five years? Yep. If if you're USC, I, I, I kind of talked about this in the last episode. If you're USC, you need not only a good football mind, you need a good football coach, obviously, because you need to win at USC. College football is better when USC is good. Yep. Um, but... I think you need to get that Hollywood type person, somebody who's got that persona, that swagger that that can sell the program. And Pete Carroll kind of had that. And that's why they were really successful, I feel like. Right. Um, where the past couple guys that they've had have not had that at all. Clay Helton is the complete opposite of that, um, which is part of the reason why I felt like that never was going to go well. But uh, right. Uh, personally, the two names that come to mind that I feel make the most sense are James Franklin because he has, he's got that persona and the swagger yep. that just fits that atmosphere. Yeah, no doubt. I, yeah, I, I love I, that guy. I, I do too. I, I like him a lot, and um, I feel like I feel like he just fits that. But another guy who 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 I personally think is the best choice. Again, kind of a questionable ethically type of, uh, type of coach, but PJ Fleck from Minnesota. Oh, interesting. Um, I just feel like he brings that that Hollywood atmosphere and persona to the table, yep. and he is a fantastic football coach to boot too. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. He uh, 
he he is an interesting one. Yes. Um, because I totally get what you're saying. I could do, you could almost see it, you know, like it's it's you can almost kind of in envision it. My only issue with him is has he won enough at Minnesota to to get that yeah. job? Now, granted, two years ago, the in 2019, before the COVID season, Minnesota was unbelievable. Like they were. Yep. They were fighting Ohio State for the Big Ten title that year. So, I mean, yep. the, the 2020 year, you kind of take that away because they had in, inju- so many injury issues. They had guys bailing for because they didn't. They were worried about COVID. and all, They had yep. all kinds of issues going on. So, I kind of I wipe that one under the rug, sweep it under the rug. But, like, this year... I mean that Ohio State game. If Mo Ibrahim doesn't get hurt, they might win that game. I mean, oh for they're, sure, they're really good. I mean, obviously time will time will tell um, with the rest of their season. But with their star being injured, it, it definitely hurts them. But I, I think I think both of those guys, James Franklin and uh, and PJ Fleck, have that opportunity. I I just. I don't know if they're going to be, if they're that big enough name higher that USC wants. Because I, I feel like USC is going to want to like pull like somebody like Jimbo or right. Dan Mullen from Florida or something like I mean, you see those type of rumors flying around, but it's like, I feel like you need to just go get the right guy who fits. And I think those two in particular that I mentioned are what fits best. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think those two. Uh, I think those two are great. Absolutely, and I mean, I understand Urban Meyer is the splashiest hire you can make. Of course, uh, we, we we all know that. But I just think if you if you want your program to stand on solid ground, I don't know if that's the route you want to go. <laughs> I I could not agree more. Uh, yeah, I uh, it it fascinates me because. It's one, it's, doesn't it feel a little bit like that thing where it's like, if you're single, right? And all of a sudden the person that's married or the person that's in a relationship, right? Is like ready to like leave their significant other for you. Everybody's always like, that's not the move necessarily, right? A lot of the time it's like, cause you got to think like they're leaving them. So right, for you, right, so why right. wouldn't they leave you for the next? You know, right, right. and that's Urban Meyer's career, right? I mean, Absolutely. that's him in a nutshell. Yeah, like you know, do you really want that? Now, here, let me throw this one at you because here's a name that I saw thrown out there, a bit tongue in cheek, but I think tongue in cheek because of who it is, not because it couldn't work. Deion Sanders. Wow. That's... And here, I heard that thrown out, like I said, tongue-in-cheek. I think on uh, Pat McAfee's show, right, I right. think um, those guys were talking about that. But here's the thing. If you bring in Dion, you could find the same success that some of these college basketball programs have found. Right. With right. <clears throat> former players that have this sort of, like, splash to them, right, mm-hmm. that were were – very good players, right? Right. And uh, granted, on the basketball side, it's more alma maters. That now, that, that's tend the, to get to. That's the point I was going to bring up. I personally think Deion Sanders is going to be the next head coach of Florida State. 
I think that's very possible, too. He's on that trajectory. But could USC come in and make an offer that Florida State can't? Obviously, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is probably a different ballpark, and I'm sure, you know, kind of hope all the rich guys at Florida State hear me. That's right. I told you. I'm calling you guys broke right now. I'm telling you. Pay me. Pay me to be your uh, social media coordinator. How about that? Prove to me you're not broke. But I think uh, this is self-promotion here, folks. But, no, I do think, uh, I do think honestly, like, USC has so much weight. Could they go in? Could they see something like that happening and then try to kind of cut the line and be like, hey, come on, let's, you know, like, I know you want to go home. You can always go there. Kind of play that, like, card, like, with him. But speaking to that sort of flair that you need in L.A., right, and that splashy sort of hire, that's an interesting guy, especially with the way it's been working in college basketball, right? All he needs to do is bring in, like, a serious play caller. I think I think and, that's a great point. I mean, I, there there wouldn't be a, a splashier hire. I think that would be even more splashier than Urban Meyer, <laughs> to be honest. For sure. And at the end <laughs> of the day, like – if you position things correctly, he can go at that point. You can get any coordinator you want. Absolutely. On offense and defense. Like you don't need Dion to have to call all the plays, but that type of personality, it just that sells type itself. of pull, a guy who seemingly, especially with these new rules and stuff, um, gets sort of new media. Right, he's work works with uh, or worked with Barstool. Mm-hmm. Um, like he seems to get sort of the new um, wave, right? The sort of internet media. Um, right, right. I I don't know, man. That's the most interesting name I've heard so far, and I I really am not mad at it. I no. think that's kind of an awesome idea in a lot of ways. I just you know don't know if that's at the end of the day the route they go, but right. Um. I'll tell you what, if it's me, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because it's hard to know what you would do in that position, obviously. But for fun, if it's me, yeah, I'll pull the trigger. Let's roll with Dion and see. No one's ever done this before. Why not? I mean, it's certainly interesting, and the media is going to talk a whole lot about it. And you're going to sell a lot of tickets and sell a lot of merchandise and he's proven at Jacksonville State that he's going to get good players. So, I mean, I... I, I'm not against it, that's for sure. And no, and I mean, think about it like this: like if you know, if you really think about it, a lot of college football is the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, right? Absolutely. I mean, so with that being this this reality, I mean, a lot of what Urban Meyer is is the recruiting. You know, I don't know that Urban Meyer, a guy who I saw Michael Lombardi say he might not exactly be uh, the most tactical coach for the NFL when he ran three straight pass plays with like a minute and a half left before halftime in the last game, down by two scores, gave the ball back to the other team, and they scored before <laughs> halftime. He's maybe not the tactician that people think he was. Right. It might have been the recruiting uh, ability and then had some good coordinators. Why can't that work with someone else? Because I'll tell you what. I would bet you money a lot of college football recruits want to go play for Dion instead of Urban Meyer. Absolutely. A lot of college football Absolutely. recruits want to go play for Dion instead of PJ Fleck or Absolutely. you know any of these uh, any of these other names. So Absolutely. I don't know, man. I'd love to see it, but 
at the end of the day. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I did want to ask you about USC. No, that, that's a that is an interesting interesting take. I, I'm like I said, I'm not against that. But uh, no, no. But hey, man, it, it's been a privilege, bro, to have you on the show. Uh, where, Thanks, man. Where can where can everybody uh, follow you? Yeah, so uh, if you guys uh, probably the best place to follow me would I would say would be Twitter. If you're trying to get in contact with me, it's just at Coach underscore Izzo. My last name uh, like Tom Izzo I Z Z O. Um, that's probably the best place if you want to reach out. I'd love it, man. If any coaches or players are hearing this and you're like, oh, I, I, I like what Nick was talking about there a little bit. I'm curious what he thinks as far as how we could apply some of that marketing to our team. Reach out, just DM me. And, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to some of those guys about that. I think uh, there's just a ton of opportunities out there, like I said, with those camps especially. But that's probably the best place to reach out to me. Um, outside of that, I do a podcast called Nick Learns Everything. Just uh, punch that in wherever you listen to podcasts at. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, like I said, if you're kind of interested uh, to learn some new stuff, um, you know, we're uh, trying to pump out some new episodes here coming up. So that's a good spot to check it out. But, yeah, man, just uh, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty open guy. So anybody here that wants to reach out, go for it. The DMs are open. You know, let me know. You think Dion's a terrible hire? Let me know. I want to, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about it. Guys, I can't stress enough how good Nick's podcast is. Literally, like the stuff he brings up on there is top notch. It's 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 a lot of fun. Just like things that obviously you don't really think about that just get you thinking. And it, it's I, I enjoy listening to it every time he drops an episode. Uh, my favorite Thanks, was, my favorite was the George Washington episode. I went and bought. The, oh, I went, no I went and read the book and everything. That, that because I'm a big. I like those history conspiracies, so that was awesome to me. But uh, yeah, no an- another thing Nick does is on the uh, NFL side. If you if you want uh, to talk about oh that, yeah that yeah so uh, I I do a stream uh, for Monday Night Football so. I am a massive Green Bay Packers fan, which is why this Monday night, Packers Lions, uh, Bobby obviously being a Detroit Lions fan, will be a fun one. But uh, we, uh, so every Monday night football, um, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you go to Monday evening football, we stream on YouTube, uh, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. Monday evening football. Um, we're streaming live every Monday. Uh, stream starts at 8 p.m., I believe, Monday night football, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Monday Night Football kicks off like 8.15. So we stream the whole game. Um, if you want to uh, check it out, yeah, you just kind of throw the game on your TV and then just come hang out on the stream with us. It's uh, it's cool. It's essentially, uh, I, me and uh, my co-host Scott like to say, we kind of thought of the Eli and Peyton thing before they did. That's the best <laughs> way I could word it to you. So if you want to go ahead and uh, throw Monday Night Football and mute the commentators and just kind of hang out and uh, – you know, listen to us. We're watching it. We're reacting to it. But, yeah, it's a good time. Um, last week was pretty fun. Week one, you know, every now and then we, you know, try to give away a little bit of money here and there. Um, we like to bet on the games and stuff. So it's a good time. So if you guys want to check that out, like I said, Monday evening football. Um, and once again, Twitter is probably your best spot for that. I, I can't stress enough, everyone, how awesome it was watching that game listening to the get listening to the guys oh, talk great. about that, first off that game what a game that right? game I was mean, amazing i mean <laughs> that was the ending of that was the craziest thing i've ever seen but like you get you guys did a fantastic job man it was awesome thanks man i appreciate it 
Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can get in contact with me personally. Uh, my Twitter account is at coach underscore B will. Please also follow our Twitter account for the podcast at TNT College Foot One. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Have a good night. God bless.